Hey, Woodlands Church, how are you? I'm coming at you live um, for the 9.30 service right out here at uh, the Woodlands campus. It's a beautiful day out here. It's Palm Sunday, and we've got an amazing service planned for you. Uh, I wanted to start outside here at the beginning um, just to remind us of God's creation, how beautiful uh, it is out here. And God, in the middle of all, all of what's going on in this crisis, God wants to bring something beautiful out of it. And Chris and I have been praying for you so much in the last couple of weeks. Our pastors gather every day at one o'clock and uh, all around the area, and we Zoomed to, to get together and we pray together and we pray for you. We pray for God's protection, for God's strength and healing and blessing and God's provision on you during this really difficult time. And so we're praying for you every day. We're praying for God's blessings over you. And the passage that I wanted to read to you today is from Psalm 51, verse seven. Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed by. I love that promise because God says that we can take refuge under the shadow of his wings. Our Heavenly Father covers us and watches over us. And so that's our prayer for you today, and that's our promise. Take refuge under the shadow of his wings until the disaster has passed by. And I know so many of you are going through difficulties. So many of you are going through pain and, and problems, and, and we're praying for every one of you. We love you so much. This last week, um, we um, buried my hero, my dad, uh, Damon Shook. Uh, he was 84 years old and um, just an amazing man. And on Saturday, a week ago, he went to be with the Lord. And on Friday, uh, just two days ago, we had the graveside service. And it was so um, unusual in that my dad preached before thousands, and there's so many that wanted to honor him in this moment. But because of the coronavirus, we couldn't do that. And it was only family, and our family had to split up into four different groups so that we could come to the graveside to honor him. And as I thought about that, and, and you know, we prayed that we'll have a chance to do a huge celebration and, and with thousands of people that wanted to honor him, but as I thought about this little group honoring him, um, really that's exactly what my dad would have wanted because my dad had his priorities straight. He preached to thousands and so many respected him, but yet really what he lived for was Jesus Christ and those closest to him. He had his priorities straight and the crisis can clarify our priorities. And maybe that's what it's doing in your life right now. All those things that seem so important aren't that important anymore. At the end of your life, it really comes down to one thing, relationships, your relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and our relationships with the people around us. That's what really matters when it's all said and done. In 1993, workers who were remodeling the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, came across something unusual. Uh, they found behind a display cabinet a photograph and in the photograph was a stocky-looking man in a baseball uniform with the words Sinclair Oil written across his shirt. 
And attached to this photograph behind the display case was a note. It was a handwritten note scribbled out that said, you were never too busy to play ball with me. On your days off, you always took time to work on the Little League field. You went to all my games. You were a Hall of Fame dad, and I wish we could share this moment together. Well, no one knew who the person was in the photograph or who wrote the letter, but a major sports magazine uh, took the story and ran with it. And a man read the story, came forward and said, I am the one who did that. I put the photograph and the note behind the display case during a visit to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he said, my dad was an amazing dad. And he said the picture was his dad, his late father. And he said that um, his dad was a Hall of Fame dad. And he felt like he deserved to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So he had his own private little ceremony honoring his dad. I thought about that. You know, my dad was a Hall of Fame dad. Not because he preached to thousands, not because he was well known, but because he loved Jesus with all his heart. And he loved his family. And he reached out to the people around him. He loved people. And that's what it's all about. It's about relationships. So on this Palm Sunday, we welcome you at Woodlands Church. And we're going to start off by singing. Our praise team is all around the area. And we're going to sing and we're going to praise God. I hope you'll join us. This is a new song. It's called From Graves to Gardens. And as we were at the graveside on Friday, um, I realized, you know, my dad is not here. That's his body, but he's not here. He's alive in heaven, rejoicing, celebrating, dancing. And the beautiful cemetery is just a garden. It's not really a grave. And one week from today, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The greatest day, that resurrection. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ took that grave that he was in, that tomb that he was in, and he turned it into a garden when he rose again. It was just a beautiful garden. So we're gonna sing Graves into Gardens right now. So sing with us. Hey, Woodland Church. Woodland Church, I'm coming to you live now inside our auditorium, and it does feel kind of strange that I'm in here in an empty auditorium, um, but I want you to know we're still meeting as a church. We're not meeting in our physical locations right now, uh, and, and we're doing that out of love, and that's so important to do, to have this um, social distancing. But we're still meeting. We're meeting in homes all over the world. And there are people tuning in all over the world. In fact, there's so many people that are online that we wouldn't be able to fit them all in the auditorium. We've had so many people uh, connect with us online. And our pastors are here right now. They're all over the area as well, and they want to chat with you, and, and they want to pray with you, answer questions. But next weekend is Easter, and it is going to be amazing. Uh, we were planning for this so long ago, and then everything changed. But this is going to be so creative and so powerful because this Easter is going to be from all over the world. And uh, we've got something that uh, we're going to surprise you with that's just really powerful. So I want to give you the Easter service times, Woodlands Church, because we want you to celebrate with us. 
and these are special service times. It will start on Friday, Good Friday, 6 p.m. will be our first service. And Chris and I will be teaching right here from the stage. We got so many creative things planned, and so don't miss it. The first service, Friday, 6 p.m., and then 7.30 p.m. on Friday, two on Friday, and then Saturday, 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. Um, and then on Sunday, we'll have a, a sunrise service at 6.45 a.m., and uh, I'll be out here live, um, but you won't. You'll be live in your home somewhere, and maybe you wanted to step outside and take out your computer, watch the sunrise, and watch the sunrise service out here. Uh, and then we'll have a 9.30 a.m. Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Sunday, and then 1, 3, 5, and 7 p.m. Uh, on Easter Sunday. So got a lot of live services. They're going to be all live. Chris and I will be doing all the services, um, and it's going to be amazing. Our theme for this year's Easter is for God so loved the world. You know, the whole world is in the same situation right now as we're all going through this crisis together, every one of us from every nation going through this together. And as we go through this difficult time, it's really important to remember that God loves the world. John 3.16 is going to be our theme for this year's Easter service, and we need you to help us out. In fact, every one of you who worship with us online from another state or another country. We have so many people worshiping, worshiping with us from all over the world, and we need you to help us out. If you're in another country, another state, would you uh, make a little video for us uh, saying John three sixteen from the NIV translation? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life but we want you to substitute your city for the world. For God so loved the Woodlands, Texas, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved Mumbai, India, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved Moscow, Russia. For God so loved Nairobi, Kenya, you know, we have people from all over the world who are tuned in right now and connected with us online, and we want you to make a little video on your phone. And then would you send that to us? Because we're gonna be using those for a real creative segment in our Easter service, and you can just send them to video at wc.org. Our video team, video at wc.org. Now, I wanna give you a ministry update um, before we have our message, and Pastor Lee Strobel is here live to give the message, and it's an amazing Palm Sunday message that's gonna really encourage you. But our ministry update, we, you've been doing so many things, Woodland Church, it's been amazing. We've been feeding medical personnel, uh, Memorial Hermann Hospital in the Woodlands, we fed over 800, St. Luke's the Woodlands, 660, Kingwood Medical Center, uh, 500, Tomball Hospital, over 600, we took to the Henley Prison Unit 850 hygiene kits because the coronavirus has been hitting prisons really hard, and so 850 hygiene units brought to them. We fed the police departments in the area, the Woodlands, Conroe, HPD, and Kingwood. Those guys are amazing. 
but the heroes are the medical personnel, the front line, and we pray for them every day. We have so many of you in our church that go out to work in the hospitals as medical professionals, and we love you. You are a hero. And the senior living centers, we brought 56 supply kits to the Tangle Rush Senior Center. We've also been feeding the staff at many senior living centers, Park Manor and Tomball, Park Manor in the Woodlands. We gave 340 care packages to senior adults. We've been meeting benevolence needs for people who are out of work and have needs, and there's so many. It's amazing what you're doing, Woodland Church. When everything else starts to shut down, the church rises up because crisis time is Christ time. And this is the time for the church to shine. This is why the church is here, to be the body of Christ. And that's what you're doing, Woodland Church. I'm so proud of you. We have so many more things planned for next week. Stay connected with us um, to find out how you can help. But it's amazing what you're doing. And then the blood drive just wrapped up. And I want to show you a little video from the blood drive. You made such a difference for the Gulf Coast uh, Blood Center. Just watch. 580 donors, 1,700 lives saved. What a great thing, Woodlands Church. I I want you to know that the Gulf Coast Blood Center is so grateful because now they are full. They have what they need for right now. They'll probably need more soon, but because of you, Woodland Church, a big church makes a big difference when we have our eyes off ourselves and onto God and onto others, and that's what you're doing during this time. Well, we're gonna go ahead and sing Waymaker, uh, one of my favorites, um, all about how God's making a way where there seems to be no way. And when it looks like there is no way, and maybe you feel like you're at a dead end today, dead end is just the stage right before deliverance. For God says, I will see you through with my power and my strength. And so we're gonna sing that to the Lord, and then after the song, Pastor Lee Strobel is gonna come and teach live, and uh, we want you to ask questions because after the message, we're gonna have a question and answer time. Lee and I will be up here, eight feet apart, and we're gonna answer some of your questions. So send them in to the pastors on our chat and ask your questions because um, we wanna be here for you and we wanna converse back and forth with you during this time. But right now, let's just sing to the way maker. He's a God who makes the way for us because that's who he is, that's his character. Let's sing. Well, good morning, Woodlands Church. You know, today is Palm Sunday. So let me kind of set the scene. Nearly 2,000 years ago, Jerusalem was packed with Jews who had come uh, for the festival to observe Passover. And in rides Jesus, in fulfillment of ancient prophecy, he is on the greatest rescue mission of all time. All four of the Gospels describe this triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Let me read to you the account in the Gospel of John. It says, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. And as is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. 
Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This scene of Jesus coming into Jerusalem lit the fuse on the most explosive week of human history. It culminated in Jesus' death on the cross when he died as our substitute to pay for all of our sins. And then he rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, triumphant over the grave, foreshadowing how each of his followers will someday overcome the grave as well and spend eternity with him in heaven. This is what the Bible calls the good news. In fact, that's where we get the word gospel. It's from good news. And it is good news. It's the best news. It's the best news ever that sinners like you and sinners like me can receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life as we turn from our sin and we receive Jesus as our forgiver and as our leader. That is good news. And the good news has been the proclamation of the church of Jesus Christ from the very beginning. We see that in the book of Acts, which talks about how Christianity began to spread in those early days. Now, in Acts chapter 8, we see that the church was facing a bit of a crisis. Eight, uh, Acts 8 verse 1 says this, A great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now, we don't face that kind of person, persecution today, but in a sense, we've been scattered too, haven't we? The coronavirus pandemic has scattered us to our individual homes. We're quarantined. We're separated from each other. But Look at what those early followers of Christ did when they were scattered in the first century. Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. I mean, being scattered did not stop them from being purveyors of this good news, sharing this incredible story of redemption and hope through Jesus Christ. And you know what? Even though we're socially distancing today, we still have opportunities to be bearers of that good news. You know, I'm looking out right now at a, a vacant auditorium. But here's the truth. God's church is not empty. God's church has been deployed. You and I, we've been deployed. We've been scattered. And God is going to use us wherever he has us be. I like what Carrie just said a few minutes ago. He said, crisis time is Christ time. This is the time for us to impact the world. But God has given us a mission that really matters. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and 21, it says this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin 
to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And guess what? During a crisis time like this pandemic, people are more open than ever to hearing and responding to this good news. A recent survey showed that 40% of Christians and 22% of non-Christians said that this pandemic is resulting in more interest in God, in more spiritual curiosity. We've seen that here at Woodlands Church. I remember the first two weeks that we couldn't meet physically together in the auditorium and instead just did purely an online service. Those first two weeks, we had 1,030 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Why? Because in times of catastrophe, in times of crisis, our self-sufficiency is stripped away. This uh, illusion of our independence is shattered. We realize we're not really in control of our lives. We may find ourselves unemployed. We may see our 401ks just evaporating. We're uncertain about the future. We're concerned about our health and our family's health. And we begin to wonder, maybe a lot of people for the first time in a long time, they begin to wonder what would happen if I were to die. This happens whenever catastrophe takes place. I remember when Hurricane Harvey hit here in Houston. Remember how people were so much more open to God at that time when we seemed so desperate? There was one man right here in the woodlands. His name is Morris. Morris uh, is Jewish, but he was an agnostic, didn't really believe anything about God. And he was highly educated. He was both an engineer and a lawyer for one of the oil companies. Well, he was in his upper 70s. He had retired, he and his wife here in the woodlands, and their home was flooded during Hurricane Harvey. And they were dev devastated. They, they just, it, it just threw them for a loop. They, they didn't quite know what to do. And yet, in the midst of that crisis, guess what? A local church sent out people to help others, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those who were suffering. And there was a woman and her teenage daughter, her 16-year-old daughter, whose name, by the way, of that girl was Grace. Seems appropriate. They came to Morris's house and they served them and they loved them and they made meals for them and they coordinated the reconstruction of their home so it would be returned to normal. And uh, Morris was so impacted by the love of God expressed by this woman and her daughter Grace that his heart opened up to God like it never had before. So much so, get this, get this. After everything had settled down, little 16-year-old Grace sent a little letter, a little card of encouragement to Morris. And he opened it up and a photograph fell out. And he picked up the photograph and he looked at it. And he said to his wife, well, why did they send me a picture of Jesus? And so I said, what do you mean? He said, they sent me a picture of Jesus. Look. And he showed her this photograph and she looked and she said, that's not Jesus. That's a picture of grace. And he looked again. Oh, you're right. You're right. His heart had been so impacted by the love of God expressed through grace in her mom that he literally saw the face of Jesus instead of the face of grace in that photograph. 
I mean, because of the love that they showed, he was more spiritually open to the love of God. And so this uh, uh, ethnically Jewish gentleman did something extraordinary for him. He came to church. And it was a men's event, and I happened to be speaking about the evidence that Jesus really did rise from the dead and thus prove that he's the son of God. And Morris sat there, and he listened. This is stuff he'd never heard before. And afterwards, we started talking. He said, I have so many questions. I said, well, then, Morris, let's go out to lunch. So Morris and I, the following week, we went out to lunch, and, and we spent all afternoon. He had a million questions and I did my best to try to provide some answers. And within a few weeks, Morris gave his life to Jesus Christ. And right before Christmas, he was baptized. He had received God's grace because how he was influenced by the servant of God named Grace. Friends, Hurricane Harvey was not good. But God used it for good by opening up Morris and so many other people to the good news of Christ. The Old Testament tells us the story of Joseph. Joseph suffered all kinds of personal crises and disasters. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was unfairly accused of a crime and, and was unjustly and falsely imprisoned. And finally, after a dozen years, he was elevated to a role of great authority so that he could save the lives of his family and many other people. And this is what he ended up saying to those brothers of his about his suffering in Genesis 50, verse 20. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Friends, just like Hurricane Harvey, this pandemic is not good, but God can and will use it for good, the eternal saving of many lives. One way this is happening is because people are becoming, like Morris did in, after Harvey, more spiritually receptive. But how can we reach them? If we're socially isolated, if we're socially distancing, if we're quarantined we're in, we're in our homes, how can we be purveyors of this good news? Well, the Bible has some wisdom on this. We find in Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in all of your contacts with them. Let your conversation be gracious as well as sensible. For then you will have the right answer for everyone. So how can we, in practical terms, reach out with this good news? Let me give you seven suggestions for how we can do that starting this very week leading up to Easter. First of all, be sensitive. Be sensitive. You know, Colossians says that we should be gracious and we should be wise. All of us have been inconvenienced by the pandemic. All of us, to one degree or another, have suffered as a result of this. But you know what? Some people have suffered a lot more than I have, and maybe a lot more than you have. We've had three people die right in our neighborhood here in the Woodlands. Some people are, uh, you know, they've lost their job, their, their company has gone out of business, they don't perhaps qualify for government assistance. Um, many people facing financial hardship. A lot of people are facing emotional uh, anguish during this time. A recent survey showed that four out of 10 Americans say 
that they're having uh, a severe, this pandemic is having a severe impact on their mental health. They're facing depression as a result. And so this is not a time that we, we hit people over the head with the good news, but we are sympathetic and we are empathetic. Second, make a call. Make a call. You know, just about everybody around the country and around the world is at home right now. So if you got their home number, give them a call. But here's the thing. So much of us, uh, so many of us as Christians tend to call our Christian friends because statistics show that when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, within two years, they lose about 90% of their non-Christian friends. Because it's more comfortable to be around people who, who share the same love of God that we do. But you know what? We need to, in this time, make a call to someone outside that circle. Maybe someone you went to high school with. Maybe a, a neighbor who used to live next door, but they moved far away. Give them a call. And the pandemic offers a great opportunity to just say, hey, how you doing? We haven't talked in a long time. Are, are you staying safe? Are you staying healthy? Catch me up. What's going on in your life? And let them tell you what's been going on. And then it's natural for them to say to you, well, what's going on in your life? And you can update them on your life. And one of the things you could say is, and, and by the way, I'm part of a really terrific church. And that's been a great source of uh, encouragement to me. Uh, are you part of a church? Where are you at spiritually these days? And see if God might let that open up a spiritual conversation where you could share the good news. Also, Ask them if there's a way they can uh, be served by you. How can you help them? Is there something you can do? One neighbor called me and said, I'm going to, the, uh, to Walgreens. Uh, can I pick something up for you? Those kind of little things that we can do to serve other people in this crisis. I think one of the most poignant things I've heard about here uh, in the woodlands happened over at the Kroger near my house where a man came in with a walker and he was standing in front of the empty shelves where the toilet paper had been. And he, was, he started to cry. And a man came up and said, what's wrong? And he said, I've been all around town. I've been looking for toilet paper to buy. I can't find any. And the man said to him, look, let me, let me help you back to your car. And you go home. Give me your address. I'll go out. I'll find the toilet paper. I'll bring it to your house. What a, what a simple gesture of love and grace that is and how that can open up people to God. Third thing we can do is offer a prayer. You know, when you're talking to that person on the phone, one way to uh, end the conversation, especially if they're not a Christian, is to say to them, can I offer a prayer for you? May I do that? Now, I have never, ever been turned down by anyone when I've said, may I pray for you? You know, many people have never been prayed for. And what an opportunity to pray for them, to pray for the health of, of them and their family, their children, their grandchildren, um, and, and all aspects of their life, and, and pray that God would bring the peace that passes all understanding into their life. Fourth thing we can do, provide a resource. Provide, put something in their hands that they can um, use to uh, satisfy this growing curiosity and hunger for God. For instance, you could say to them, do you have Netflix? Well, most people have Netflix. Yeah, they'll probably say, yeah, I've got Netflix. You could say, well, you know what? There's a guy from our church, and they made a, a motion picture, theatrical release 
about his story. He was a skeptic, an atheist, maybe a little bit like you, a lot of questions and doubts. And it's a story about his spiritual journey. I think you'd find it really encouraging. It's free on Netflix in the United States. Um, and by the way, if you're thinking it's going to be cheesy, even CinemaScore, which is a secular rating service, gave it an A+. So why don't you watch it? And, and if you like, we could talk about it. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, or maybe there was a Christian book that you found encouraging personally to say to them, you know what? I just read a book recently, and it really bolstered my spirits. I'm going to if you don't mind, I'm just going to go to Amazon or, or a book retailer online. I'm going, to, I'm going to order a copy for you. I just think it'd be an encouragement for you. And you know, when you do that at these online retailers, they let you fill out a little gift card. And you could say to that person, um, God used this book to encourage me. I hope you'll read it because I think it'll encourage you as well. And then have, them del- have that delivered right to their house. Or give them a link to something that would be encouraging. You know, I gave a, a sermon here a few weeks ago called uh, The Antidote to Worry. And if your friend talks to you about how worried they are and fearful they are about these times, send them the link and say, you know what? Maybe this talk would encourage you that there are answers, there are practical ways we can get beyond worry. Or get this, send them a link to wc.org, our Woodlands Church website. And say, if you scroll down, there's a button that says virtual pastor. And if you'd like to have a half hour appointment just to chat with a pastor, just click that button and you can book a half an hour appointment to spend some time, ask some questions, pour out your heart, get some prayer from a pastor here at our church. Uh, That's a simple resource we can put in people's hands. The fifth thing we can do is write a note. Write a note. You know, a handwritten note to an elderly friend or someone who's been sick or has someone in their life who's been sick or to a a nursing home resident can be such an encouragement. In fact, you know, we're all kind of, uh, those of us who have grandkids and kids kind of in this mode of homeschooling right now or crisis schooling. And uh, one of the things you can do is make an assignment for your children. Say, draw a picture uh, that would be an encouragement to an older person and, um, and just put God loves you or write, write them a little note of encouragement. And then that can be part of your homeschooling. You can kind of grade them on their drawing and on their, their composition skills. But if you bring it by Woodlands Church, there's a big box outside as you pull onto our campus off Gosling. And you can put it in that box and we will take it and we will sanitize it and <laughs> make sure it's safe And then we will give it to a resident of a local nursing home. And I'll tell you what, I've I've been in a lot of nursing homes. And here's my bet. You do that, if if your seven-year-old child draws a little picture and writes, God loves you with a little heart on it or whatever, and it gets in the hands of a resident of a nursing home like that, I bet a year from now, you could go into that person's room and that drawing will be taped up on their wall. It'll mean a lot to them. So you can write a note. Six, use social media. Use social media. This is a great time to post encouraging notes and and Bible verses on social media. Uh, You never know who's going to see it. And and, uh, you can post one of these links uh, to the message or to the Netflix movie or whatever uh, that would encourage people. And then seventh, offer an invitation. Invite them to 
a virtual online event that could change their life. The first thing to invite them to, especially if they're a skeptic, especially if they're an atheist or agnostic, invite them to an event here at wc.org, right here, Woodlands Church website, this Monday night, 7 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to give a talk on the case for the resurrection. And I'm going to talk about the historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ that not only convinced an atheist like I was that Jesus is who he claimed to be, but it convinced Morris as well. And so I hope you'll tune in and and invite people to tune in uh, wc.org on Monday night at 7 o'clock as we talk about that. And then especially invite them to come to wc.org for one of our Easter services as we talk about the fact that God so loved the world. They will be so full of joy and vision and hope and encouragement as a result of watching that service. Invite them to come from the comfort of their own home to experience Easter with us at Woodlands Church. So those are seven simple steps that we can take. And who knows what might happen? Here's my bet. I bet God is going to surprise us and use us in ways we never anticipated. I've seen that kind of thing happen so many times. I remember uh, I was talking to a, a, a Christian young person, a student, and uh, he told me the story of how uh, he was living with his father, who was an atheist from China. And um, And so this young student, just to encourage his own faith and learn and grow, uh, went online and he ordered a copy of my book, The Case for Christ, which talks about the evidence for Jesus being the Son of God. And he ordered it for himself, you know, to, to just grow in his faith. Well, he wasn't home when the package was delivered, but his father was. And by the way, his father and him shared the same name. So the delivery guy brings this little package and This man sees his name on it, and of course he's an atheist. He doesn't know what's inside, but he's thinking, oh, this is apparently a gift that somebody sent to me. And so he opens it up, and he says, oh, the case for Christ. Well, golly, I never would read anything like that, but since it was a gift, I guess maybe I should read it. And so he sat down, he read it cover to cover, and as he closed the book, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I thought, isn't that just like God, to surprise us in ways we never could have orchestrated. We never could have in our own um, human um, um, you know, inventiveness come up with something like that. But look what God did. And I know he's going to do that and use us in ways we never could have anticipated. So let me end with this. I'm not a prophet. And I know it's hard to predict the future. We can't predict, for instance, when this pandemic is going to be over. But let me tell you about two things that I'm pretty sure of. The first thing I'm pretty sure of is that after this stay-at-home order that we're going through during the month of April, one of the things I'm pretty sure of is that nine months from now, we're going to have a baby boom. It just makes sense. We're going to have a baby boom. And when those children grow up and they get into high school, you know what we're going to call them? Quarantines. We're going to call them quarantines. You're wondering, what are we going to call the next generation after generation Z? It's going to be quarantines. I'm pretty sure of that. But the other thing I'm pretty sure of is that in the coming months, we're going to see a wave of people being baptized, people whose hearts have been opened up to the good news of Christ because of this pandemic and have received Jesus as a result. And you know what? 
many of those people are going to be people that you and I and Woodlands Church together are going to touch with this good news. So let me pray to that end. Father, I do pray that even though all of us are suffering and inconvenienced to one degree or the other, that you would nevertheless use us as purveyors of your message of hope and grace and love and forgiveness and eternal life. Use us to spread your good news far and wide and we'll leave the results to you because we trust you and we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, Lee. What a powerful hey, message, Thank man. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a powerful message. Um, I, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I was back there going, yes, amen. Yeah, come on. I mean, the church is not empty. The church is deployed. And that describes you, Woodlands Church. And uh, now we're gonna take our offering at this time of the service. And then after the offering, Lee's gonna come back here and Lee and I are going to answer questions. So keep sending in your questions on the chat line to the pastors. But we wanna give right now. And of course, uh, the way you give online is wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. Or you can use your uh, smartphone, you can text GiveWC, that's one word, GiveWC, to 77977. Give WC to 77977. Or if you wanna mail in your check, uh, you can do that. We have um, a couple people who come up here every day to take care of those things, get the mail, and that's um, One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. That's One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. And I just really encourage you to give during this time. I know so many are hurting financially. So many are going through such pain. Everyone has experienced financial loss, but yet during this time when everything else shuts down, the church rises up in ministry and we're just stepping out to do ministry, folks. Uh, we're just going for it. And uh, we're just uh, doing so many things that cost and we're just doing it anyway because we know that crisis time is Christ time and we're just stepping out in faith. And so I, I just know that we can't all give the same amount. Um, some of you have lost your job, and it's just a very uncertain time, but, um, but we can all give. We can all give to make a difference, um, and it's not the amount. It's the heart that matters. And some of you have been really blessed. Even though everyone has experienced loss, some of you have some extra. And I really challenge you during this time, if you've got some extra, the church needs it. You know, give, give it. Don't wait, give it now. For God's glory, give it now. And you can just go online, give wc, wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. Um, and really, it's all about trusting God, isn't it? Um, a friend of mine just texted me this week and said that um, uh, my pay has been cut by 25%, but I'm gonna keep tithing and putting God first because it's during this time that God is testing to see if I believe his word. And I know that, um, you know, God is, it is a test, but yet God says in finances we can test him and see if his word is not true, that he will meet our needs, not our greeds, but our needs, and God will see us all through for his glory and for his power. Um, 
Well, now we're going to sing to the Lord, and uh, Greg and Jana are going to lead us in Christ alone. And then after the offering, uh, we're going to uh, take questions. So think about your questions, and uh, let's get ready. We're going to have some Q&A here in just a moment. But let's give back to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for how Lee's message is so powerful and so practical that this week we can do one of those seven things or two or three of those seven things to really make a difference. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us clarify our priorities to realize what really matters when it's all said and done. There's only one thing certain, and that's you, Jesus Christ. And we can place our faith in you. And all that matters is relationships, our relationship to you and our relationships with the people around us. Lord, people matter to you. Just help us be your love to the people around us. And I pray you'd bless our offering, you'd bless our giving, you'd bless Woodlands Church. Is the church is not a building, but it's the body of Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, uh, Lee and I are gonna answer some of your questions and Ryan's got some good questions. But before we do that, I just wanna remind you that um, Monday night at 7 p.m. live right here, Lee is gonna be talking about the case for the resurrection. And that's um, how he came to know Christ, by going through the proof of the resurrection. And so don't miss it. Seven o'clock, tell friends, skept, tell skeptic friends, tell believer friends so that it can encourage them. But at seven o'clock, then Tuesday night at seven o'clock is the student service. It's been moved to Tuesday night. TSM service will be 7 p.m. live on Tuesday night on Church Online. And then Wednesday night, I'll be doing a communion service a Holy Week communion service on Wednesday night for the whole church online. So we're gonna have a lot of events leading up to Easter that starts on Friday. Holy Week is gonna be a powerful week and it'll be online, so please connect with us and tune in. So Ryan, what do you have? Yeah, I just wanna say thank you guys so much for joining us online. We've had over 150 hands raised, so we just wanna say thank you guys. The online audience, the questions have been so great. And so here's some of the questions that have come in. Daniel asked this, how do we stay positive when everything seems to look so dark and heavy today? Ooh, that's good. I, you know, Lee, one of the things Chris and I are trying to do is just go one day at a time. And so we learned this through our experience with our grandson Jude and all that he went through. We just say, Lord, just for today, give us your wisdom to do what we need to do. Just for today, give us your love to, to meet others' needs. Just for today, give us your strength we need you just for today to get us through this day because when you look too far ahead, it gets overwhelming. When tomorrow overwhelms you, just pray a just for today prayer. Yeah, let me add this, that um, especially during Holy Week, it's uh, something to remember that sometimes we think that, okay, the Bible says in Romans 8.28 that God can cause all things to work together for good for those who love him or called according to his purpose, in other words, for his followers. But sometimes we think, yeah, but... I'm going through too much. Uh, my suffering is too much. My pain is too much. And yet, think of this, especially Easter week. God took the worst thing that could ever happen in the history of the universe, which is the death of the Son of God on a cross. And from that, he produced the best thing that could ever happen in the universe, which is the opening of heaven for all who follow him. So if God can take the worst thing in the universe and turn it into the best thing in the universe, he can take whatever you're going through and draw good from it too. That, that's so powerful, Lee. And I know that um, 
that's what he's going to do in your life, but it's, it's hard to see it right now. And just one of the things that Chris has been doing is she's been writing down things to be grateful for during this time. And there's so many things, uh, there's so many hidden treasures underneath the hurt. And sometimes even the hurt is the hidden treasure where God's growing us and making us more like himself. But it, it's hard to feel it at the time, that's for sure. Yeah, so many good questions coming in. And just a reminder, our pastors are here to pray with you, and we're so excited about that. So Aisha came out and asked a tough question, you guys. She said, are viruses created by God? Is this virus created by God? I'm going to give that tough one to (laughs) Lee, our our scholar. Well, you know, there are um, uh, viruses that that do positive things, um, and yet we have mutations and things that create uh, problems like the pandemic that's going on. Um, so I, I think the key thing to remember is that, you know, Jesus was honest with us about the situation we find ourselves in. He said, I, I tell you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, have courage because I have overcome the world. That's John 16, Why is that important? Because he's acknowledging that, that um, you know, from the first human being, we've turned our back on God, we've walked the other way, and that has opened the door to moral evil in our world and natural evil. In other words, this is not the world as God created it to be. This is a world that is scarred by sin. And um, as a result, we see things like earthquakes and we see things like pandemics that take place. But those, uh, Jesus says in that verse, you know, he's saying, let's be honest about this. Unlike some religious leaders who say that suffering is maya or illusion, say, no, it's not an illusion. Um, in this world, you will have trouble, but I can give you the two very things you need the most, peace and encourage peace for the present that's what we need right now is god's peace that he's still in control that he's still going to uh, fulfill his promises to us there still is hope and then courage to face the future um, and especially easter week when we think that the bible talks about hope hope biblically means we have the confident expectation that god is going to fulfill the promises he's made to us and he's made promises to you that he will open the doors of heaven if we follow him. And so um, there are promises in Scripture. And to, to review those and to remind ourselves that in the midst of this pandemic, God can give us courage to face the future and peace for today as well. That's really, really good, Lee. Um, one of the things that we've been doing as a, a staff is we've been reading Psalm 106. And it's a powerful uh, passage that where God does all these miracles for the people of Israel, and then they forget. And then they go back to doing it their own way and kind of living for themselves. And then they turn back to God again when tough things happen and bad things come into their lives. And so it just reminded us as pastors that, um, you know, we don't know exactly why God has allowed uh, the virus, um, but it's a time for us to really make sure we come back to him and and really um, are connected with Christ and trusting him and not anything else during this time. And then it also talks about how Moses stood in the gap. Moses stood in the gap and prayed for the people and how um, Phineas stood in the gap. And it's so important for us as Christ followers, and it says it's credited him as righteousness, so it's important for us as Christ followers to stand in the gap for everyone around us you know, that all of us need Christ's power and Christ's strength during this time. We're all in the same boat. And so it's not about judging anyone. It's all about loving others in Christ, but making sure that we are returning to him totally if we've been wandering away. 
Great answers. Kay asked this. This is a tough one. She says, I'm having a hard time with my children being isolated. What's the best way to console young children during this time? Lee, what do you do for your grandkids? Oh, man. You know, one of the saddest things for me personally in this whole quarantine situation is that our grandkids are in another house, two other houses, and, and we can't be with them like we normally are. And uh, it breaks my heart. Uh, I miss them. And, um, but we, you know, we still FaceTime with them. We still send them emails and we send them text messages and so forth and uh, try to keep their spirits up in the midst of it. Um, you know, I think there's some wonderful resources uh, online and books that you can buy that will help you minister to your children and to help them grow in their relationship with Christ or their understanding of who God is and their confidence that we're not alone in this, that God loves them and, and, and Jesus is there for them. Um, I, I know Woodlands Church has um, children's programs that are material that's online that can be helpful that way. Yeah, that's right. You can just go to the website and you can uh, click on the thing that says uh, children's service and your kids can watch the service and participate in it. And, and it really is important for you to reflect peace from the Lord. I think that's important for parents to make sure you're connected to the Lord each morning so that when you get stressed and, and frazzled and worried, they don't see it on your face. They can see peace. And you can be real honest with them to say, this is a really tough time, but we know our God's going to see us through. Yeah, and just to clarify, yeah, go to wc.org, and the the kids' curriculum that they're creating, the the WC Kids pastors are making, is so creative. It's so cool. I, I put it on for my kids, and they were just glued to it for you know, an hour or more. And so it is, it's uplifting, it's encouraging. It's just a great resource. So go to wc.org and you can uh, click on that orange tile that says WC Kids at Home. And it's just a great time. You get to worship as a parent, you know, here on the weekends, but then your kids can worship anytime, whether it's this weekend or during the week. And just a powerful resource. It's one of the times it's okay to have screen time for kids. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, Lee, why don't you lead us in a closing prayer as we pray over our people, because this is the week that we're going to reach out and make a difference in a huge way to invite people to Easter. And don't forget Monday night with Lee at 7 p.m. And then uh, Wednesday night, we'll have our communion service. Um, There's a lot of things happening, but just make sure you're connected and tuned in. Yeah, and I'm going to just start with a little prayer for those who maybe are like Morris was, and maybe your heart in the midst of this pandemic has been open to God. I want to give you an opportunity right now to know for a fact that you've been adopted as a child of God, and then I'll close. So uh, if, if you want to take that step and you're not sure that you ever have, just right now, just wherever you're at, you can say it out loud or just in your heart because God will hear you. Just say, Lord Jesus, as best I can, I do believe that you are the Son of God. You proved it by returning from the dead. And right now, I admit the obvious, which is that I am a sinner. And I want to turn from that. And in an attitude of repentance and faith, I want to receive your free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Thank you for loving me so much that you endured the torture of the cross so that we could be reconciled forever. Help me, Lord Jesus, to live the kind of life that you want me to live because from this moment on, I am yours. And now, Father, we celebrate with each person that's taken that step, even now, 
And we pray that you would use us as strong salt and bright light to bring your message of hope and grace and love and forgiveness and eternal life to bring it to as many people as we can. Uh, Thank you that you can even take a tragedy like this pandemic and draw good from it as people um, find eternal hope through your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we want to bless you as we leave. And so we've been reading Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, and it's where God commanded Moses to tell Aaron, the high priest, to bless the people. And God said, then I will bless them. So we're speaking blessings over you because every one of us now are priests. We can go directly to God because of what Christ has done. So the Lord bless you and keep you, Woodlands Church. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.